Hello and welcome everybody to the special EULA preview podcast brought to you by Cytokine Signaling Forum. My name is Professor Peter Nash from the School of Medicine, Griffith University in beautiful downtown Brisbane and we and Director of the Rheumatology Research Unit on the Sunshine Coast. In this podcast, I'm going to introduce some of the abstracts that have been chosen so that you can better plan your time with what will be a busy, very exciting Congress in a lovely city of Milan. As we all know, the annual ULAR Congress is an important gathering, a chance to network, a chance to actually talk to those people that are doing the research at the poster exhibits and to listen to some of the nice summaries that are in the plenaries and some of the oral presentations that let you actually ask the uh, researcher some probing questions. It's quite an expansive scientific program. It covers lots of diseases and treat new treatments. Um, we'll be particularly interested in RAPSA, lupus and new molecules, but there are all kinds of basic science and clinical symposia, abstract sessions, presentations. So sometimes it's nice to have uh, a guide to show which are the highlights and which areas you should concentrate your time on. Lots of therapeutic updates, measurement tools, uh, the latest ULAR recommendations, particularly in PSA that was recently updated in Zurich and will be presented for the first time. So lots of different things to talk about. Um, we have a ULAR symposium that CSF is running and it's talking about jack inhibition and where it's going to sit in the management of rheumatic diseases. And our highlights in these individual preview brochures will cover RAPSA and AXPAR. And these brochures are now on the CSF website and available for everyone to have a look at. They include the session times for the key abstracts that we've selected and that will let you keep up to date with lupus abstracts. Uh, don't forget the lupus forum uh, at lupusforum.com. And there you'll see some exciting new uh, options for managing lupus patients, including um, some of the novel therapies that are being uh, studied and looked at. Let's think about RA first. It's the first area we're going to highlight. Um, you'll find that the impact of oral surveillance and the uh, PRAC review has uh, changed the world of JAK inhibition. There's an array of posters and orals that look at safety and efficacy across the JAK inhibitor category. Um, the prevalence of MACE in RA is heavily investigated, and there's a number of key posters and presentations that try to cover what oral surveillance highlighted as hypothesis generating and, and the look at um, what evidence is available with long-term follow-ups of a number of the JAK inhibitors across the class. So in keeping with a very strong focus on JAK inhibitors at the Congress, there's a couple of great posters on long-term data. Uh, one I was involved with, with Gerd Burmeister from Berlin on the uh, post-marketing survey surveillance of tofacitinib over nine years, and Mayer Book is reporting the clinical profile of JAK1 preferred inhibitor filgotinib in patients with RA by cardiovascular risk factors. We also have a post on the novel drug combination Iguratinib and tofacitinib in RA by G. Chen. There's another a number of other combo JAK inhibitors that are being studied. Uh, Beprocitinib is a TIC2 JAK1. That's being looked at in PSA, and there'll be presentations on that. And there are further questions are raised by Hannah Bauer, who questions whether JAKs have the greatest efficacy in those RA patients 
where safety concerns are at their highest. So MACE is certainly a very important theme of safety and MACE in RA has become a very hot topic and there's a comorbidities in rheumatic diseases session with Matthias Skielter, who's trying to answer the question, does anti-rheumatic medical treatment of rheumatoid arthritis affect survival after the first acute myocardial infarction? Um, Maya Book is back to present the impact of cardiovascular comorbidities on the efficacy of TOFA versus TNF in rheumatoid. And Jacques Eric Gottenberg reports on the acute cardiovascular events risk in RA patients treated with either tofacitinib or the TNF inhibitors. And finally, uh, Romain Amon investigates the incidence of MACE in patients with RA treated with JAK inhibitors compared to other biologic DMARTs. So thanks to oral surveillance, all these issues, um, VTE, cardiovascular risk, MACE, malignancy, uh, highly topical, and you can see long-term study extensions and make up your own mind about the uh, rele relevance or otherwise, and the safety or otherwise of the JAK inhibitor class. In PSA, um, with, there's a really a lot to look forward to. There's a lot of therapeutic updates for a variety of treatments, as well as several presentations on clinical measurement tools. Uh, there's the, as I mentioned, Laura Gossick will be presenting the EULA updated recommendations for the management of PSA, and uh, that will be a very important session. There's more talk of different domains. There's more talk of where to place JAK inhibition in the um, treatment of um, PSA. Um, and I think you'll find that quite interesting. There's now more of a um, breakdown of therapy uh, with recommendations of individual therapies for individual domains. So I think you'll enjoy that session, um, which will be of importance. Um, there's some therapeutic updates with new data on bimikizumab, the IL-17 ANF inhibitor in PSA from uh, Laura Coates. Um, Senior Hol Nielsen focuses on the um, some biomarkers um, using serum extracellular matrix biomarkers to identify patients who respond to gesulcumab, the P19 IL-23 inhibitor, and Dennis Podubny from, Germ from Berlin, uh, will present the extra musculoskeletal manifestations in upadacitinib-treated patients. So there's a lot of uh, interesting uh, abstracts and presentations looking at novel therapeutics and how they're going to impact our patients. Measurement tools are always of interest. There's some poster presentations. Xenophon Barliarkos this time will discuss pool data from a couple of the uh, phase two studies to try and uh, evaluate the performance of BASDI versus ASDAS in the axial involvement in patients with PSA. That'll come from the, a number of studies, including the Maximide study, which is one of the few studies that's actually looked at PSA with axial involvement. William Tillett is uh, working on a more practical disease activity measure that would be suitable to use in the clinic and he'll present some of the phase three studies, whether you use a three or four visual analog score, an easy and quick tool that you can leave in the waiting room for the PSA patients to fill out 
and uh, you'll get an objective measure of disease activity to follow over time. Lehi Ida presents some great work. She's been doing some fantastic stuff on gender and how it affects PSA uh, disease activity and response to therapy. And she will present this time on her Presto, which is a measurement tool trying to look at the PSO population, which ones are at the greatest risk of developing PSA. Uh, in AXPAR, let's have a look at some of the abstracts we've picked out. These uh, in particular um, is the poster view uh, four on day three is looking at um, the 52-week safety profile of bimikizumab, the 17A and F inhibitor and its ability to maintain improvement in efficacy endpoints over time. Marina Magre discusses the achievement of sustained improvements and efficacy outcomes, regardless of prior TNF inhibitor therapy. And Fabian Proft presents the latest data from B-Mobile 1 and B-Mobile 2 phase 3 studies with bimikizumab. Um, <clears throat> there's a nice presentation from multiple presentations and posters uh, looking at secukinumab 17A inhibitor in a PSA and AXPAR. And Maxime Dugados will present the latest French data, which will highlight the impact of time of initiation, line of biological therapy, and how that affects the retention rate of secukinumab. Asmir Vodenkarovich presents the latest data from the German Aquila study, and Philippe Goupil describes the impact of baseline CRP level on secukinumab retention in AXPAR patients. So um, nice studies on secukinumab, looking at retention rates, who's going to respond, and when, and in the impact of time of initiation and line of therapy. Uh, finally, going full circle, back to the JAK inhibitors now in AXPAR, Victoria Navarra Compan will present her time to improvement of pain, stiffness and disease activity in patients with AS treated with tofacitinib. Um, number of studies looking at upadacitinib, um, presentations such as Philip Dan Vandenbosch's discussion of the one-year efficacy and safety of upadacitinib, this time in non-radiographic AXPAR. And finally, Thierry Sornas describes how treatment with upadacitinib results in the inhibition of a broad range of potentially pathogenic pathways in non-radiographic XPAR. And those radiographic XPAR or AS patients who are inadequate responders to a biologic DMARD. So lots of JAK-related XPAR presentations to think about and to look at. So we've had a brief overview of some of the important abstracts being presented, RAPSA XPAR. Uh, the CSF has plenty more ULAR support planned for the Congress. There's a condensed overview of the most important abstracts presented each day to look out for daily highlights. There'll be a broadcast ULAR Congress review webinar. Um, I'll be joined by Professor Xavier Mariette and Lorenzo Dagner, as well as uh, Dr. Sophia Romero. Great opportunity to review what you saw, catch up what you missed, listen to our discussion around some chosen abstracts, I hope you'll find that most worthwhile. You can visit cytokinesignaling.com and download the ULAR 2023 preview brochures, which includes details of all the faculty's top abstracts. So enjoy the Congress and looking forward to an exciting meeting. Thanks very much.